Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Yep. That's cool. Hey, good to be here this morning. Um, look, I'll just expand on our uh, love and marriage uh, night. It is for anyone who's committed in relationships. So you don't have to be married, don't have to be engaged, but if you are committed in a relationship, um, we are happy to have you here because we want to give you some skills, some, some things that can help you get better in your relationship, and, uh, and, and so we don't want to limit that just to marriage, even though it's called love and marriage. So I just thought I'd expand on that for you. Um, I've just realised I've only got a few more preachers here and uh, as senior pastor, so um, I think this is my third last, so I've got another couple after this, but, uh, and I must admit I put a little bit of pressure on myself because I'm thinking, okay, you know, last messages, what am I going to say? What's the, the thing I'm going to say that's going to be most significant for people to, you know, to leave them with the residue and, 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 and what can I say that can make a difference? And... and I must admit, I got a little bit... I started to prepare a message this week and I was just like, I had three or four messages prepared. It's like, no, they're not good enough, that's not good enough and that's not, that's not what I want to say. So I had to sort of take the um, pressure off myself as I was preparing here, for, preparing for this message this morning and, uh, and just sort of go, okay, God, what do you want me to say? And it was just like, just be you. Just be you. Just be what you normally do. Just, just be who you are and that's... The, the best you can do. And, and so I'm going to share something that, that is really significant for me in my life and I hope that it helps you here this morning because here's the truth. There's so much information around these days, right? So much information. that We've got so much access to information. But I believe the best preaching is about impartation and revelation, right? I can give you lots of information and it won't change your life. But if you just get one revelation from God, one impartation from God, it can change everything, absolutely everything. And so I will give you a lot of scriptures here this morning. I'm not saying I'm not going to give you information because there will be scriptures, there will be stuff you can take away. But I just, there's just something in what I want to share this morning that I think can change your life. It can change your Christianity. It can change the way you pray. It can change the way you worship. It can change your life for, for, for the good. And it's about the promises of God. It's about the promises of God. I wish someone had explained this to me early in my walk. Because I didn't quite get it. I actually thought God was like this genie in a bottle. That if you rub the bottle, you got three wishes... And because the, the word says that, you know, you can pray for anything, you know, anything's yours, nothing's impossible in, in Christ. And you go, oh, so that means whatever I want, I can have. Well, where's my lottery win, God? Like, where, where's, where's the house on the water and where's the boat and where, like, where's all that, God? And it doesn't seem to work. And because it's never meant to be like that. <laughs> and I want to explain that to you here this morning. Over these next few weeks, I will share some life messages, some life stories, some, some life lessons, I guess. And, uh, you know, because over 20 plus years of full-time ministry, 
you get exposed to some stuff. You learn some stuff sometimes. You probably forget as much as you learn sometimes as well. But, uh, um, but, but I want to share out of that reservoir, I hope. You see, there are so many promises of God in the Bible, like over 3,000, I think, over 3,000 promises in the Bible. The question is, do we live our lives like we really believe them? Do we actually live our lives like we really believe them? Or a better question might be, do we ask God to show us the promise that he makes to us out of his word every day? And uh, you know, do we believe those promises for someone else, but we don't believe it for ourselves? Maybe it's another time, another place, whatever. And this morning I want to try and help unpack that a little bit for you. And for many of us, I think, we started our walk with Christ because we, we or journey towards Christ, I guess, because we knew there had to be more to life than we we're currently experiencing. We, we recognised that there had to be something more. That We can't just live this life and die and, and, and make no difference. Like, what, what is all that about? And then we came to understand that the church, the body of Christ, is, is the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. He's the head, we're the hands and feet. And, uh, and, and he always intended us to outwork his purpose in community on this earth, through the church, through the capital C church, not through just our church, through the capital C church. And we began to understand how important that was to him, that this was his plan A. There's not another plan. This is a coincidence. This isn't a fluke. This is what he designed for this earth. It's his plan A. But somehow, in the process of all that, we can get lost, we can get fuzzy, we can get distracted, we can get, I don't know, that's both corporately and personally. And the promises of God in our life can get a little fuzzy and they can go out of focus and it can be either through disappointment or discouragement or distraction or busyness or any of those things. People, you know. And I I just want to help you refresh that thinking here this morning. Refresh your thinking about the promises of God on your life. Because each and every one of us has them. We just maybe don't realise we do. Or pursuing the wrong promises perhaps sometimes. Let me read you this scripture. 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through his knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Through the promises of God, we, you and me, participate in the divine nature of God. Through his promises, we participate in the divine nature of God when we understand the promises of God for our lives. And we then escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, and I hope you're catching this, the promises of God are absolutely central to our purpose in God for our lives and godliness. You know, John Piper, who's a great guy, says this about God's promises. Very practically, I think this means we must day by day go to the word of God and search for great promises. Fix one or two in our mind and hold them there before you all day. And use them to overcome the temptation to sin and to incite you to daring acts of righteousness and love. I love that. The promises of God can incite you to daring acts of righteousness and love. But what does that that word promise actually mean? It means this. The definition is it means to offer with a guaranteed result. 
And God has got a guaranteed result for you, for each and every one of us. And it's in the form of the promise that he has for you. Joshua 21, 45, not one of all the Lord's great good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And Hebrews 6, verses 17 to 19, this is now the message version. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word because his word cannot change. The promise is likewise unchangeable. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. You see that? His promises are in his word. God can't break his promise. The promise is unchangeable. And the promises of God take us past appearances that we're currently living in right now. What we're seeing with our eyes is taking us past the appearances into the very presence of God. Do you see how seriously God takes his promises for us? He can take us out of our muddle out of what we're seeing that doesn't make sense into the very presence of God and confirm his promise in our life. A.W. Tozer said this, I must confess that in my ministry I've kept repeating some of the things I know about God and his faithful promises. I think the same thing all the time. I feel like I've said this before, I've said this before, I've said this before. You know, and, and, but it still doesn't mean you don't say it again because it's so important. He says this, Why do I insist that all Christians should know for themselves the kind of God they love and served? It's because all the promises of God rest completely upon his character. Why do I insist that all Christians should search the scriptures and learn as much as they can about this God who is, de- who is dealing with them? It's because their faith will only spring up naturally and joyfully as they find out that our God is trustworthy and fully able to perform every promise he has made. Wow, such a great statement that. Here are some thoughts about how we can clarify the idea of these promises of God. The first thought here this morning is we need to know the promises of God. We actually need to know them. 1 Chronicles 17, 19. O Lord, for the sake of your servant and according to your will, you've done this great thing and made known all these great promises. How do we know the promises of God? We've got to read his word. <laughs> It's the only way. We have to read this thing. This isn't just to carry to church and use a, a, a doorstop the rest of the week. It actually is what we're meant to read day in and day out. Whatever it takes, read his word. Let God speak his promises into and over your life. Now, I've always suggested you, you should be reading a devotional Bible or a, a one-year Bible or something like that. And I realise not everyone's motivated enough to in this day and age, to buy a new Bible and read it every day, and it gets you through the whole Bible in a year. But now you can actually get it on your phone. There's a Bible app that gives you that on your phone. You can do it on the computer, on the internet. You can do it as an audible version. You can listen to it. There's just no excuses for not reading your Bible, except you're too lazy. Harsh but true. Why is it so important to read the word and know the promise of God? It's because when life doesn't make sense, and often it doesn't, right? Life doesn't make sense. The promises of God can hold us fast, like an anchor in the storm. It can give us hope. It can hold us to the hope he has for us. It can give us faith. 
And that can all be all through the promises of God for every situation in our life. Every situation in our life. For me personally, for us personally, I have the promise, the reamer of God being called into to ministry. You know, Ephesians 4.11, you know, calling to be a pastor. You know, a promise to plant this church, a rumor from God. Joshua 1.3, I'll give every place you set your foot. And, and 19 years later, no more, nearly 20 years, that's still the scripture I camp on every day. God gave me that promise back 20 years ago and he hasn't pulled the rug out from underneath us since. I will give you every place you set your foot. A promise to buy this property out of Deuteronomy 8, 7. You know, I'm taking you to good land. And, and, and it didn't look like a good land for a lot of the time, but it was a good land, and it is a good land. My life scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 1, live, increase, enter, and possess. And I'll talk about that another time. A promise for our son in the midst of depth of tragedy and stuff, and, and I'll, I'll, I will talk about that in this message. Um, See, a promise from God, you just don't go, oh, there's a good one, I'll take that one. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't just pick out the one you want. You have to search out God for the promise he has for you and for your life. And I'll talk about that in a second. The Holy Spirit has to quicken that to you. You see, in the, in the Bible... They use two different Greek words for the word. One is logos, the general word of God, right? That's, that's all that in there, the general word of God. And it's important we're reading that, we know it, so we get that into us. There's another word they use for word in, in the Bible, it's called rima. And it's a specific word of God. And we have to know and read the word, the general word of God, logos, so that we can hear the whisper of the rima word from God, the specific word from God. And, and when God gives you that word, it feels like, whoa, God's speaking to me about this. It illuminates it. it, it, it and, and that's where the miracles are. So the miracles aren't in the Logos. Well, they are in the Logos, but not out of the Logos for you. The, the miracles are in the rema, the specific word of God for you. When you read that scripture and go, oh, I think God's speaking to me about this. I think God's speaking to me about this. And we have to read the Logos to get the rema. A rema is a specific word for a specific person, a specific situation. A lot of there's, isn't there? And it produces faith and perseverance and hope. It's like in Romans 10, 17, it says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word of God, word, is actually rima. And faith comes by God's rima or specific word in your situation. And we need to wait on God for that word, for that rima, for that, that understanding, for that promise. We've got to tarry. I know you, most of you won't know what that means, or the young people anyway. It's an old-fashioned word. But we just don't do it today. It's waiting on God. God, I need you. I'm reading your word. Show me your promises. It, we live in an instantaneous, hurried, busy, microwave world. And we need to be like a slow cooker in this area and wait on God. I want to give you some general 
examples of God's promises because maybe you're here this morning saying, What's, I don't even know what a God promise is. And I understand that. That was where I started. I went, I don't know what. I remember someone asking in church, well, what's a promise of God in the Bible? And I went, I don't know. What is it? Well, it can be anything that applies to you and your situation. You know, if you're in fear, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love of sound mind. That might be one that God puts on your heart. And so you start to reproduce it. You start to speak it over your situation. You start to believe it. You start to live in that. You know, or, or 1 John 4.18, perfect love drives out all fear. Or when you're facing opposition or the enemy, James 4 verses 7, 8. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you, come near to God and he'll come to near, near to you. Romans 8.37. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, if you've got financial problems, Philippians 4.19, and my God will give me all my needs, all your needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. They're all promises, but they're not promises that we can ex- like, take on and, and live our life through. It's in the Logos, but is it a rema to you in your situation? Until we accept the rema from God in here and go, I'm going to live my life like that from now on, they won't do what it's meant to do. Healing. Isaiah 53.5, by his stripes... We are healed. And it's sort of a, a paraphrase of that in 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that, he might, that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And this one here is a personal reamer for me. Jeremiah 17, 14. It was, you know, that was a few years ago. You might remember it if you were around, but I was just sick every week. Like I got colds and flus and I was constant for almost a whole year just couldn't seem to get well and it was just horrible and every week I'd feel awful and and uh, and you know it was probably run down and all that sort of stuff but I remember reading this scripture in church one Sunday morning and I actually might have even read it out well I might have been hosting or something I, I, I don't remember but it was a promise from God and when I got that promise from God I went wow this is amazing and it seems so simple now I read it, but they were so powerful then, and it reminded me of how powerful they were then. As Jeremiah 17, 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved, for you are the one I praise. And I even went to the extent of putting a few chords to it and singing it to myself at home, in my room, in my bedroom, and just singing along and just going... Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, Lord, and I'll be saved. You are the one I praise. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. You see, that was a rema for me, personally. And I accepted that rema and lived that way from that point forward. And I still sing that, that little verse every now and then. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, Lord, and I'll be saved. For you are the one I praise. Beautiful words. We have to know the promises of God for our lives. The second thought is we need to understand the promises of God. Numbers uh, 23, 19. 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? You see, when God gives his promises, he doesn't change his mind. It's unchangeable. It's unconditional. The only conditional part of this is the way we respond and interact with God. You know, and, and it's how we respond to him, how we live our lives. So many people try to hang on to the promise of God for their lives and yet let their sin nature and their circumstances take over their walk. And they, they tend to end up compromising themselves in all sorts of different things. They might have a, a, a promise for something, then they live in this compromise. And God can't honour that. Like, we, we're not responding in the way that we're meant to respond. We're responding to the world and, and the pressures of the world. And, and, you know, there's lots of examples I'll give you, but I'm not even going to go down that track. Um, uh, you know, there's just some conditions that are in God's word that we need to live our lives so we can be in the right place to accept the miracle and the promises of God that he has for us. He wants us to live in right relationship with him. You know, it's a little like Abraham having a promise of a son from God. You know, and he's thinking, this is impossible. How is this going to happen? And, you know, it was like, I think, over 25 or 30 years. And at one stage he goes, look, this is never going to happen. I'm going to take things in, matters into my own hand and sleeps with the, his wife's maid, uh, Hagar, and, uh, and produces an Ishmael and an Ill- illegitimate son. And it's nothing like the promise of what God had for him it was a shortcut, it was a compromise, it was a way through to try and get to the promises of God, but it will always bring you grief if it's not in God. And, but God is faithful, and, and even when we make mistakes and stuff up, they eventually had an Isaac, which was the promise of God for him and for Israel, the true promise. So, so God doesn't change his mind on this stuff, it's unconditional. We also need to know that it always requires faith. That the, the promise of God requires faith on our behalf. It takes faith to step into and enter into the promises God has got for us, to step out and believe. You know, every time I feel like God has uh, given us a promise personally or corporately, there's always been a huge component of faith required to see it through. And I can give you so many examples of this, so many examples, and, and I'm getting a bit, bit tight on time, but... The personal one I will share is, is, is you know, very personal to us. And uh, you know, we have four kids, you may know that or not, but uh, three daughters and a son. And uh, you know, there was a little while ago when our son was, we got a phone call to tell us that our son was in ICU, unconscious in Hobart. Uh, it was about 2009. And uh, I just returned home from a trip to the Philippines, a mission trip. And got the phone call, he'd overdosed with pills and alcohol. And uh, it really, he tried to take his life. You know, he was in pain. And had, we just found out afterwards he'd had a relationship breakdown with his girlfriend. And it all looked very serious. The doctors weren't sure how much damage was done to him his, in his brain and his body. And, uh, and so Robin flew down and stayed, and I stayed home and hold down the fort. And, and you know, and uh, I remember going out to. Fisherman's Bay this morning on the rocky headland there um, and it was just interceding, just praying, just pleading, just weeping to God, you know, 
my heart was breaking for my son. And, uh, and, and I felt like God said these words to my heart. I didn't know that scripture, but everything's going to be all right. And I thought, yeah, but that's okay, God. And I found out later, that's out of Jude 1, 2, out of the message version. But I didn't know that was a promise from God. I just went, well, God, yeah, but I need something to really confirm that. Can, can you show me something? Can you do something? So I know it's going to be okay. And, and, you know, and so I opened my eyes and standing on the headland at Fisherman's Bay, and this sounds like a fairy tale. I, I get it. I, I would doubt it too, I guess. But as I looked out to the ocean... I saw two whales breach at the same time, one a little bit closer than the other, but they both went up and went in different directions. And it was like a, it reminded me of the rainbow when God gave his promise about the rainbow to man after the, the flood. It was like, whoa, God, you are amazing. Thank you for that confirmation. That's all going to be okay. Now, you see, we had the promise but it had to be outworked over the next 12 months. Our son moved home. He would just disappear from the house, climb out windows, all this sort of stuff, just go and get blind drunk. He was in pain. He was self-harming. Tried to take his life a few more times. We were constantly on alert. Um, you know. There was a constant aggravation in our family. It was conflict. Um, but there was also constant prayer standing on that promise. <laughs> mm. Until the time, and this doesn't happen for everyone, I understand this, but until the time there was, he had a radical salvation experience and eventually we water baptised him at Fisherman's Bay in the winter. In the winter, it was freezing cold that day. And guess what happened to remind us of God's promise? As we stood on the shore of Fisherman's Bay, all freezing cold, because we'd been in the water, we'd, we'd water baptised him. Hmm. Sorry. Two whales breached out of the back of the water, up like that. Hmm. And um, just like the day I prayed. And... Uh, as Britain came out of the water, was being baptised. And this time, the whole family saw it, so it wasn't just me, it was everybody. Coincidence? I think not. The promises of God do take faith, but God is faithful in every situation. And the truth is, God does it in his own time frame. You know, we always... He's always on time. Even we don't understand it. In the process of waiting, we'll learn about him and about ourselves. And that's so valuable. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And who knows this truth? God is the God of the 11th hour. We want it on the first hour or the second hour or the third hour or maybe in five minutes in even God. That would be good too. But God says, no, no. It's in my time, and you have to wait and grow, keep your hope, keep your faith, keep locked onto God, keep yourself writing Jesus, keep your life right. And it's not a reward, but it's just the part of the process, and it's exactly the right time in God's economy, because it forces us to trust Him, 
forces us to trust him and, and know that God works all things, all things, good things, bad things, <laughs> for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And the last thought, and this will be real quick, we need to pursue the promises of God. We need to know them. We need to understand them. We need to pursue them. We need to pursue those promises in our life. You know, Psalm 19, verse 140, King David says this, Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. And continues in verse 148, My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Promises tested and then meditated on. We have to meditate on the promises of God for our life so we can get a handle on them, so we can pursue them well. And it's holding on until the promises become evident, until through our prayer, through our standing fast, through our faith, through our believing, those promises in God get dragged into reality. And we've got to be that intercession between that situation and there's God and God I'm going to try and drag those things together somehow in prayer I've got your promise this isn't me this is my weakness or my humanness trying to make this happen this is you this is your promise to me and I'm going to hold on to that promise no matter what comes I'm going to pursue that promises are usually about the future about the promise of better things ahead Know them, understand them, pursue them. 2 Peter 3, verses 8 to 9. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God is patient with us, not wanting any of us to perish. You see, it all seems to start with repentance. Decision to follow Jesus or not. Repent just means to change direction, really. It means we're heading our life this direction. And when repentance comes, we go, I'm heading back to you, God, in this direction. And got a new direction, a new purpose, a new reason for living, a new life in Christ. And uh, that's to follow God's plan, not my plan. But God gives us his promises as we outwork that day in and day out. And here this morning, I know there's no better plan for your life. You know, and, and I don't know everyone in the room, but I'd really like to read you, lead you in a prayer here this morning. That's the starting point of that repentance, that scripture that 2 Peter's talking about. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. He wants the best for you, for now and for all eternity. But everyone needs to come to repentance. So can I finish with a prayer? And if you can just pray it out loud as I, as each phrase that I pray it out, just pray it out over your life here this morning. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life to you today. 
and I ask that you come in and be my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you for forgiving me for all the things I've done wrong in my life and giving me eternal life. Help me to be the person that you want me to be. And I pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, if that's the first time you've really played that from your heart, lots of names for that, but it's, it's maybe the sinner's prayer or, or repentance, prayer of repentance. And it's the starting point of your walk with Christ. Please come and see us if you've done that today, whether contact us some way and we will help you start your walk. And, and you see, God has got a promise for you. He's got a promise for me. And, uh, and this is how we, we step into his promises in our life. And um, seemed a little heavy this morning, but um, I just truly believe that's a key for us in our Christian walk. We don't live in a fairyland. We don't live with a genie. We live with the promises of God in our life. Thanks.